Too crazy for Boys Town. Too much of a boy for Crazy Town. The child was an outcast. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Welcome to Not Here to Argue. This is our maiden voyage, and I'm thankful that you're here joining me. I don't know if there will be any more. Maybe so. Maybe not. But I'll say, I want to get this out of the way early. I feel like Tom Brenneman's, I think his biggest issue, other than the, the, the horrible thing that he said on air, was he just waited too late. Like he waited, he was like 20, 25, 30 years in the game too late. So I feel like I want to get mine out of the way early. Um, I got Super Producer Jam in the background. Jam, I'm going to say the F word, but I do not want you to mute it. I will not. Uh, I don't want you to censor it or anything. Like, do you understand? I need to hear you say that you understand. Like, when you're flying on like the exit row, like, I need to hear you say verbal confirmation. I, I need verbal com. Okay. I will not mute anything. I will amplify uh, your use of slurs. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to go ahead and get this just off my chest, really. Um, I'm going to say the F word. I think this is going to be fun. How dare you? I think this is going to be fun. Um, and there's a drive in the deep left field by Castellanos. Uh, that'll be a home run. It'll make it a 4-0 ball game. No, I don't know what kind of show this is going to be. I really don't have any kind of clue. I think that's some of the beauty of it, hopefully. Like, as I mentioned on the preview I pitched like sports are stupid as a title and I was like, you know, kind of ha ha as a joke. And they were like, no, we, we kind of like that. So I really think I'm gonna be able to get away with quite a bit here. I think like it's like, like a substitute teacher, right? Like a substitute teacher comes in and you push a pencil off the desk or whatever. You just got to see what you can get away with. And then soon you just got to substitute in like the figure four. So Still nothing, still no pushback yet, but we'll see. Two things did want to get out of the way early. One, if you're listening to this right now, please check out NFL Best Ball on Underdog. You can draft right now, including rookies. It's the easiest way to play season-long fantasy. Just draft you a team, and that's it. No trades, no setting lineups, no management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week. So you will never kick yourself for not starting that player who has a monster game. We guarantee they guarantee. I'm not guaranteeing anything. Jam's not guaranteeing anything. They're guaranteeing that you'll love it or your money back up to $100. NBA Pick'em is available right now, too. Just pick over under on a stat category. Your favorite player went up to 20 times your money in one night. Available in the App Store, Play Store, and on underdogfantasy.com. Promo code TRILL. Please and thank you. Now, we'll talk a little little draft, a little pick them later. So I, I, that was one thing out of the way. The second thing, the support so far has been overwhelming, man. I'm really thankful for that, except for one person, except for one person. <laughs> I was looking in the reviews, like the uh, Apple podcast store reviews. And there's all these five star ratings and there's one four star rating. Off the two-minute preview? Was it you? 
Just to be honest, was it you? It was not me, but I'm, that makes me upset. As I'm like, like if I give B minus effort, like if I give like 82, 83, and then I earn my B, that's fine. But just a forced off the bat, I didn't really like that. I don't really. At least a one just, star, you like, you know, they're a hater. This yeah. is like before any content's pushed out there to give you a four star is absurd. Yeah, one star, I, I get it. I, I 100% get it. Four star, you let me, you let me underwhelm first. I really, I, I feel like that's all I, I ask. Um, so fuck that guy. <laughs> but first thing I want to talk about, I don't know if you saw this, the Texas Rangers have opened up their entire stadium to full capacity. And I saw this yesterday. It was the first 100% full capacity event in the United States in over a year. That's a lot of people, man. We're looking at a picture on the screen now. That's a lot of people. You know how many people it is? Guess. Take a guess, Jim. I looked it up, so I don't want to ruin the folks. Uh, You're no fun. I, I did some research. Why don't you guess? Okay, uh, forty thousand three hundred. Am I close? Price is right style. You're just right on the money. You okay, get the full showcase showdown. I win the house. Uh, they have forty thousand three hundred people in Globe Life Field yesterday to watch Texas Rangers basketball. Okay, another question for you, Jam. Do you know how many people in the state of Texas have died from COVID? I would guess four or five times that amount. Not quite. Not qu- patience. Patience. Forty-eight thousand eight hundred sixty-seven people. So what I took from this is that if every single person that died from COVID in the state of Texas wanted to go to a Rangers game, like just one shits and giggles, one last time, they wouldn't all be able to get in there. That's how full the stadium is. Now, some of them could, you have to like come back tomorrow night or catch them like this weekend against the Padres. I think they got a three game set. I'm sure it'll be packed to the nines again. But if all the people in the state of Texas that died from COVID could not make it to the Blue Jays game, that's wild to me. And I think it's part 487. I might keep a running log of these. Well, I think sports are a net negative. <laughs> on society um maybe sports are stupid was it was a bit extreme but sports are definitely a net negative and i'm hoping that a good amount of people like the ones that are in that crowd like turned off this show like right about now i'll give them like a couple seconds to get out of here okay so if you're still here would you do like, would you risk that to go see texas rangers baseball are you that kidding me thing- that's the most wild to me is they're gathering to see an April baseball game. It's the Rangers and Blue Jays. In, for a team that's not good. Like I could, I mean, again, if it was like the Dodgers, like, hey, the Dodgers first home set, they're raising the banner. I could see that a lot more than going to see the damn Rangers. The Rangers have played 60 seasons. They finished over 523 of them, and they haven't did that in five seasons. They're last in their uh, division. This They have the biggest odds of winning their division, which means they're horrible. And people, I don't even know when I would feel comfortable, like sitting next to some, like shoulder to shoulder, left, right, people all around you yet. But 
I guess anytime you have a chance to watch the Rangers go 67 and 95 with 40,299 of your closest friends, I guess you got to jump on that opportunity. I will give them one excuse. It's a new stadium. It's Globe Life Field. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful looking ballpark. Sure. So maybe they just want their architecture fans. They just want to see the newest and greatest in um, Southern stadiums. Retractable roof looks nice. Okay. But that's that's an excuse for opening day. They they ran it back twice or three times. And again, they, again, three more against the Padres this week. That thing going to be packed out. Okay, counterpoint. I feel like the people that were in that stadium, even if they are architecture fans, if you're that smart, you're not showing them to watch Texas Rangers baseball. Counterpoint. That's really all I got there. That's just my – Well, I think, I think the point goes to you because it – I don't think they were there for a reason other than spite. Like we can, we can now gather this many people. And so we're going to do it because we can. Yeah. That'll, that'll show it. Um, That was just a while. I just, it almost looked fake. It almost looked like, is this, is this like somebody playing a joke with like last year's footage or like two years ago footage? No, it was definitely, it was definitely very real. Um, I don't want to talk about that no more. It makes me upset. Um, the final four is just wrapped up. Did you watch the championship last night, John? I did not. It wasn't good. It wasn't a I good s- game. I saw it about halftime that Baylor was up by 20. I said, oh, there's no real reason for me to check out the second half. No, Baylor beat the brakes off of him like, pretty much from the jump. And I, it feels like I fully admit, like my, I'm, I'm a Kentucky fan. My team was left out of the tournament this year. I'm not sure why. I haven't got to the bottom of that. But I feel like the tournament, it didn't have that many great games. Like, how many great, like, all-time games? Like, Gonzaga-UCLA, that was an all-timer. Like, so, like Juzang hitting the shot, then Suggs coming back, hitting, like, the 40-footer. That was an all-time game. But how many others did we get? Like, am I am I missing some? Like, I, I no, feel like there, we just there, didn't get, like, a whole lot. There were a couple overtime games, but then the overtime fizzled out. And so yeah. it didn't really mean anything. But there wasn't. There was no madness. It was just March. It was very mild. Uh, no, I'll, t- I'll take that back. There was ma- I found out one bit of madness last night. Ba- uh, excuse me. Baylor has a guy on their team named Flo Thamba. Like three years after Texas had a guy named Mo Bamba. What are your thoughts on that connection, Jim? Are they related? Can you like go back? I'm almost and- certain that they're not. Um, His name's Flo Thamba? Flo Thamba. It's like one of those like... Like copy off my paper without telling me you copied off my paper. I, I just, I'm just finding it. it difficult to believe this. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. But like, admittedly, I watched a whole lot less because my team wasn't in it. But it's also like I didn't have a horse in it. The games just weren't that good. Like I, the only thing I was rooting for was a good game. And I didn't feel like I didn't really get that. But on the flip side, I feel like I watched a similar amount of the women's tournament, I feel like that was a lot more better games than that. Like, I feel like that was comfortably a better tournament. Yeah, oh, did yeah. You watch, like, I watched, uh, I'm watched much more of the women's game, the Connecticut, uh, Baylor game that ended with the yeah. hor- horrific foul call at the end or non-call. Yeah, that was tough. That uh, was tough. It was like, tough, especially I grew up in, uh, Boston. And so, uh, for some reason, I just hate UConn basketball, and sure. even even the dominance of the UConn women, I respect it. Sure, but you know, like 
Are they really the team that needs to catch a break at the end of a game? Listen, I mean, just once Gino Ariam was going to win the big game. There, <laughs> there are kids out there right now that's like five or six and have never seen Gino Ariam win the big game. So they're wondering if they're ever going to see that. But, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Stanford, South Carolina was a good one. Arizona, UConn. And, like, they're not, the Stanford-Arizona game, they came down to, like, a last-second shot for the title. Gonzaga-Baylor, the men's game, that was decided the first 10 minutes of the game. And speaking of random tidbit, I just feel like this needs to be said because I don't think enough is made of it. Don Staley is the head coach of South Carolina. From 2001 to 2006, she was playing in the WNBA and made the all-star team every single year. At the same time, she was coaching Temple to the conference tournament championship. Four, she did it four times over there. She was doing them both at the same time. I don't feel like enough is made of that. That she was just her her part time job was just coaching Temple That's to multiple wild. colleges. I have no idea. That is See? wild. See, a little tidbit. That's what you I call. Learn something here on not here to argue. I like that. It's it's literally the only thing you will ever learn here. But I think I found a way. I got another you thing you can learn though. Okay, I looked it up. Flo Thamba. His given name is Florent Thamba. His nickname is Flo. Does that change your take on him? Not in the slightest, no. Uh, Florin Thamba? Florin? Yeah, he's from uh, uh, Demo Democratic Republic of Congo. I don't know if you were putting okay. an accent on Florin Thamba, but the nickname is Flo. I think I'd go by Flo, too, there. I think I'd go his by His mom's Flo name too, was Florentine, and so maybe he's named okay. after his mom. Was his dad's name? Morantine? Like, I don't... Emmanuel. <laughs> okay. So okay, I, okay, I don't hate that. I do think he and Mo Bamba got to fight to the death, but that's neither here nor there. I think I found a way to get more eyes on the women's tournament. I feel like they like not that they had ratings issues, but listen, more eyes is always better. And I don't want to come off uh, too much as like, hey, I'm a stupid man. Let me help with some advice. Absolutely nobody asked for. But I'm an NBA fan, Jam. I like the NBA. It's my favorite sport, the way they dribble up and down the court and whatnot. But one thing I've learned is that nobody covering the NBA likes the NBA, right? Like not exactly. a single person. Yeah, like if it's a highlight or like a promising young player or whatever or accomplished older player, nobody likes them. Not the analysts, not the people calling the game, not the people writing about the game, not the people tweeting about the game. When you watch the women's tournament, Everybody likes the game, right? Like the announcers, the commentators, the in-studio analysts, the sideline reporters, they all like the game. Here's my idea. You tell me what you think. I think the sport needs one person to root against, and Gino Ariema don't count because I feel like everybody kind of roots against him. But I think you need like that loud mount, like I can go on TV or whoever. Doesn't have to be me. Doesn't have to be me. Somebody needs to go on TV and say like, was Paige Becker's running from the competition by signing with UConn? What was she afraid? You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, no, that immediately raised my eyebrow. And you my you eyebrow. see what I'm saying? She averaged 20 points a game, five boards, six assists, and she won player of the year, like for a single double. You know what I'm saying? Like I, can that, see that, that's, I can see the jaded uh, kind of perspective is bringing out the, the juices see? in me and that see, makes that, me more interesting. 
you see it right like is she taking all these step back threes is she scared to get into the post you know what i mean i haven't seen much of Paige becker's post game i know she's a point guard and also like 18 years old but i haven't seen much of her uh, uh paint under her shoes and she turns 20 later this year so i think the clock is really ticking you know what i mean like you see how stupid all that shit sounds for a sport where everybody watching it likes it imagine if you just had a sport where the people like watching and covering it liked it that's just a wild maybe that's why the turn the women's tournament was so enjoyable it's like these people want to be here nobody covering the nba wants to no they're gonna they see an anthony edwards dunk and comment that he went one for 13 that game yeah it's like what i mean uh what's his 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 vorp what's his uh offensive box plus minus over the last seven games like nobody cares so i'm willing to fall on this sword here like twist my arm uncle whatever i'll do it i volunteer to say like i just call Paige becker sage beckers uh, she was getting burned all over the court against Arizona. So I'm willing to do that until the publicity picks up or until her legal team, you know, contacts me or until she's willing to come on this show and dispute it face to face. But some would say she's running from the challenge, much like she ran from the competition of, uh, of not playing with several other five star recruits. Well, see, I think the issue is that you're targeting one player in Paige where if you really want to be the, like, the ultimate hater, you have to just hate on everyone and you have to criticize every single player. There is no player that can do well because then you'd be having fun watching them play. Yeah, but it, it builds. You got to build. Like, you hate everything. It's like, hey, this guy's a sexist. If you just hate on Paige Beckers, it's like, hey, this guy just doesn't like Paige Beckers. And we don't. And this is officially an anti-Page Becker's podcast. I'm planting our flag. You didn't have a say in this, but our flag is in this page. Like, again, she... I I mean, I just want to see a triple-double just once, right? A little jump hook, right? Has the game changed so much we can't see Page Becker's going to post and hit a, a jump hook, taking a tougher shot for, for less points? Has the game gotten so far from that? Well, Gino, Gino Oriemo was uh, pretty willing to throw his whole team under the bus after the loss. Didn't he say, we're just a bunch of uh, immature immature kids out here, not ready to play basketball. And so maybe Gino, is, he's two steps ahead of you. He's yeah, no, the villain. That's why I can't work. As if, if I came out, I was like, oh, Gino Oriemo stinks. Everybody would be like, yeah, now nah, we agree. Like, he's definitely the best of all time at what he does. But nobody does Gino Oriemo have any fans? Nobody's like a Gino Oriemo fan. I don't. Uh, think. Unfortunately, I never, the entire state of Connecticut probably is. I feel like it's more. It's, the ends justify the means. Like they like the winning. They don't like Gino Ariema. Nobody likes Gino. All right. Well, All right. I don't like the entire state of Connecticut. So. Okay, that's fair. We might hate on that next week. We got. We got pace out the hate. That's fair. I do got a little bit more hate in my blood, though. This is going to the NBA. I don't believe in the jazz. I don't believe in the jazz. And I know, like, I get, like, they're the one seed. I think, do we have this? Can you uh, give me the NBA standings, please? I think mm-hmm. they're still the one. I just want to see, like, the conference, uh, like, what the playoff race would look like. Like, I know they got the best offensive rating. They got a top five defense. I know they got the best point differential in the league, which means they kicking much more ass than everybody else. But here we go. 
Here we go. Jazz number one. I just don't believe him. I don't believe in him. And they're fresh off a game. They played the Mavericks Monday night. The Mavericks had two players, Nicole, uh, Nicolo Melli and Maxi Kleber. They both started and both played 30-plus minutes a game, and they scored zero points combined. They didn't score a single point. Luka, it wasn't like a oh, Luka had 60, 12, and 12 game. It was the Dorian Finney-Smith game. And after Dorian Finney-Smith had a season-high 23 points, he said, and I quote, I knew I was going to get shots because I knew they was going to put Rudy on me, end quote. That's a bad sign for the Jazz. <laughs> that feels like a bad sign for the Jazz. It's like, I know I'm going to cook because you're putting – maybe the defensive player of the year on me i feel like i can this is what dorian lebron james didn't say this is what dorian finney smith said and so one of the reasons i don't trust them the jazz i trust dorian finney smith but if you're the jazz i get it right like the maverick they didn't have poor zingas dallas put five shooters out there you want to kind of like pull Gobert out of the paint i get that and in the playoffs, they'll probably do that again and dare Finney Smith or whoever they're deciding to ignore. Like, if you're going to have a season-high game four times out of seven, it is what it is. Let's see, they're the what? Second offense? Second, Second in the, offense, third in defense, top in net rating. Listen, they're a good team. I don't think there's – like, when I say I don't believe, it's not to say, like, they're going to – I don't think they're going to get swept out of the first round of the playoffs or anything like that. I just say, like, I I have doubts, and I think – I'll explain why I think I'm the only person who thinks my doubts are legitimate, but why this number one team with the number one net rating and top three in offense and defense, I, I would be surprised if they made it to the conference finals. That's what I say by surprise. For one reason, I feel like everybody on their team is shooting over their head. Now they got Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles. All those guys are currently shooting higher than their career three-point percentage. Every single one of them. And that don't include Bogdan, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, who's shooting right at his career mark. So I feel like in the playoffs, you're going to face a team more than once. They're going to be able to scout more. They're going to actually care on defense, which is probably the bigger thing. And I feel like some of those open looks close up a little sooner. Guys start falling back to their app like a you know, a 38% shooter turns to a 35 or 34, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but in a seven game, like a small sample size at all, one or two shots literally might be the difference in the series or in a game, which could affect the series. And all these guys, they're, they're all good shooters, but they're, they're lighting it up like great shooters. And I, I just don't know if that keeps up. That's the first reason. I don't believe in them. Second reason. I feel like teams in the playoffs, I feel like teams are going to do to them what they kind of did to Dallas, right? Like you can't cover everybody. Somebody's going to have to get left open. It, like I'm picking Royce O'Neal here. I guess I have nothing against Royce O'Neal. I want that on the record. I only have something against uh, Sage Beckers. But if they leave Royce O'Neal open, he's taking like four or five threes a game. If they're just going to leave him open to take 10, threes a game he's gonna have to make those at a decent clip and do it four times out of seven games right so if you're ignoring him you're ignoring gobert because he's not a shooter you got two non-shooters on the floor i feel like you're by default easier to defend you just have less ground to cover gobert is not gonna pick and pop he's not gonna shoot the three anything like that 
I feel like that makes it easier. I feel like they get some of these open looks. Because, like, Gobert, he'll set a pick. He rolls to the bucket. And good finisher. I think he's shooting, like, 78, 80% inside three feet. Or he'll get fouled. Uh, or he'll pass it to one of the open shooters. And, again, in the playoffs, I feel like they're just going to take something away. They're either going to sit hard on that roll and make somebody, like, pass out to the shooter they've decided to leave open. It's not going to be, oh, scramble off him. It's like, no, we're just going to leave Royce O'Neal open. He's going to have to hit 10 threes every game for four times out of seven games. And I just don't see it. Is this making is this making sense? Am I come off like a hater? I'm fine with hating the Jazz. Uh, no, does it, does I'm, it, I'm okay hating the Jazz, and I agree with you because I am also not here to argue, but they're mm-hmm. going to have to play Royce O'Neal like on the defensive end. Like, who are they? Mm-hmm. Who do they have on their roster to guard LeBron James, or say they match up with the Clippers? I think that them not making the conference finals, I don't think that's hating too much because the Lakers have fallen back to the five seed now. That's like mm-hmm. that's who they're likely going to play in the second round. And you're absolutely right. Like Royce O'Neal is going to have to be out there because you can't run uh, Bogdanovich or Joe Ingles out there. Like the their kind of magical scoring offense just doesn't work defensively. And then I think their entire offense is predicated on ball movement and getting teams in rotation. Mm-hmm. And what what happens in the playoffs is teams just start switching everything. Yep. And if they want to post up Rudy Gobert, by all means, teams are like the like. You can't screen assists out of that. He like there's nothing that's gonna that's it basically comes down to Donovan Mitchell being able to beat guys one on one. And he's just not a great finisher at the rim. He's had his like decent moments, I guess, in the bubble last year, but he's mm-hmm. not he's not like the a superstar. He's not the best player in the series uh against the Suns, against the Clippers, against the Nuggets, against the Lakers, against the Trailblazers, against the Mavericks. I think against the Grizzlies, then you would pick Donovan Mitchell as the best player in the series. But it's close. I hear what you're saying. Like, I, I agree 100%, man. Like, who – again, nobody guards LeBron and Kawhi. I'm not to say, like, a Royce O'Neal is like a LeBron or Kawhi stopper. But you do need somebody, like, of that, like, body type, right? Like, Nuggets just got Aaron Gordon. He's of that body type to put on those guys. Royce O'Neal is 6'4". Like, I, I, I just don't – I don't see it there. And he's it, the best wing defender. Yeah, he's good. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he's good. It's just going to be a thing where, like, if that's your only option and he got to defend the Kawhi, LeBron, whoever, for 35, 40 minutes a game and on the other end hit 40% of 10 threes a game and do that four times out of seven, that's a lot to ask of Royce O'Neal. It's a lot to ask. It's Royce and, O'Neal and George's Niang. Yeah, those are not your, athletic enough, but he's – a guy who's tall. He is tall. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. And again, they don't even mention like the Paul Georges or Luca, Devin Booker, Michael Porter. Like who who's guarding these big wings for them? That I don't know. And again, to like to what you said about Gobert, he I agree, like he's taking eight shots a game right now. So I feel like it'll be a thing. Like okay, if we do decide, say Royce O'Neal is hitting that three, and they just dis- like okay, just stick home on the shooters. Is Rudy going to – like, is he just going to – it's like, oh, he's got 35. Like, is he just going to take over a game offensively to the point where it's like we have to – we cannot let Rudy Gobert keep – he's eating Mark Gasol alive. He's eating Anthony Davis, Jokic alive in there, right? Like, you do that to, like, Joel Embiid or Jokic. They will 
they will make you rue the day. Like they will score 45 a night or whatever it takes. What do you think Rudy Gobert's career high in points is? Oh, God. Career high. Let's go 32. Price is right style. You're close. 35 against the Knicks in Oh, that don't count, man. That's the Knicks. <laughs> it's the 2017 Knicks. That was Joe Kim Noah and Willis Reed, man. That shit don't count. But 30, 35 against Gobert, that's that's tough. That and I just don't. I think he's like a career eleven or twelve point again. And again, it, he it, that's not his game. That's the point. He's good at other stuff. But if it's like okay, hey, these shots ain't falling. I'm ready to think the Jazz. They're trying to become the first team to take forty percent of the shots they take are from three, but they're hitting forty percent of those. Like it's never been done that volume and efficiency. And it's like I feel like we just see in the playoffs all those efficiencies come. They trickle down a little bit. The game slows down. Playoff basketball is its not a completely different sport than regular basketball, but it does feel like there are stark differences, I will say. I think it's fair to say. And I just don't – I just don't trust the Jazz. I don't know what would make me tr- – like, again, they're dominating regular season. I just don't – I don't know what it would take to make me trust them. You foul Gobert, he's a 60% free throw. Like, you, are you getting to hack a Gobert? Say he does get high. You just start hacking him, right? Make him take 20 free throws a game and miss 12 of them, like miss 10 to 12 of them. So I I feel like they have counters. I feel like there are enough counters that a team that's able to focus on them and, I mean, they don't even include, like, personnel. Like, if you get, like, LeBron and a healthy AD, I just feel like that's just not a good matchup for the Jazz. Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, like if they feel like playing ball today, that's just not a feels like not a good matchup. If you get an AD at center lineup when they can switch one through five with ease, and basically there's nowhere for the Jazz to attack, and it's just all switching, and they're not getting the open three point shots. I like it's. I don't know what they turn to. They turn to Donovan Mitchell going one on one against. I Ugh. guess your your worst defender, but. You're right. They're playing like brilliant offense right now. I've seen them mm-hmm. kick the Celtics' ass twice. Like they they are very good at getting teams in rotation. But I feel like I blame the Milwaukee Bucks for our lack of faith in the Utah Jazz because we've seen a team in the regular season just kick ass, play their mm-hmm. kind of base style, go against other teams' base style, and just be a regular great regular season team. And then when it comes down to the playoffs, when it comes down to like actually being scouted and teams actually like making adjustments. Mm. They just fail. Now, I do think Quinn Snyder, uh, young Monty Burns looking ass. Uh, that guy's scary, man. Great coach. Looks, great coach. Scary, Much though. better coach than Coach Bud. Looks like yeah. he's done a lot. He, Quinn Snyder has like 17 advanced degrees. He is an, like an MBA, a JD, uh, wild stuff. I have faith in Quinn Snyder to like make adjustments, but I just don't uh, – I just don't know if they have the talent. I just, I guess I just don't believe in the team concept in the playoffs. It eventually just comes down to who's the best players. And yeah. Donovan Mitchell's not – he's good, but he's not not there yet. Yeah, and and that's where I feel like Hawks, again, another bud casualty. Like you can try this like team stuff, and this time they'll have you know, Donovan Mitchell in that role, and he I just know he can't wait to – scored 22 points on 28 shots in the playoffs like that's kind of it's kind of his thing you know and even when he's 
literally not missing a shot. He misses the one that matters. And he, you remember when he was like laying on the floor all sad? That was tough. That was a tough scene. But I know you were upset by that. You didn't didn't like to see it. I really did hate to see it. I don't say that in jest. I really did hate to see it because uh, the ball it almost went in, but then it didn't go in, and they were up three to one in that series, which is something that's not talked about nearly enough. And they lost it. They lost it. Now this year, I know they they will have uh, Bogdanovich, who was like like a major part of their team. Like not having him definitely will help. But again, like, I just don't know who that like in between guy they had. Like, if you're going to put Joe Ingles or Bogdanovich on LeBron James, is it going to be Royce O'Neal? Like Conley's a good defender, but come on, like he's not guarding those guys. I don't know if he's is he guarding like a Dame Lillard, a CJ McCollum? Like if they if they run up against Portland. So I. I don't know. I don't trust the Jazz. I just want to. I think some other things I just want on the record early. Now I'm looking forward to the Jazz just going 16 and 0 in the play. <laughs> I still won't believe in them. They can't make me. That's the beauty of this. They cannot make me believe in them. There's nothing they can do to make me believe in them. Absolutely hmm. not. I'm glad you brought up the Bucks. I want to talk. Drew Holiday just got paid. Like Big paid, time. paid. Yeah. He got four. It was four for 135, but 160. With incentives. Now, I did see that he's got to, for the remaining 23 games this season, he has to play in 21 of them to hit the incentive, which he coming off COVID, man. That's, that seems like a tough, uh, tough go at it. Yeah, four player option for year four, which that feels automatic. Like, I, I don't, there was no contract he could have brought to them and they could have said no. He had him by the balls. You know what I mean? They traded what three? I think it was three picks and two pick swaps, or two picks, three pick swaps for him. And he was just like, nah, like I would just want to leave. They were just fucked, more or less. So salute to him getting paid. Like I thought about the did like four for 160. I mean, it was a whole lot. But then I saw like for next year, the first year of that deal, he's gonna be the 32nd highest paid player in the league. That's why. It is, but I feel like that sounds about like Drew Holiday. He's probably better than the thirty-second best player in the league, but not by like a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? He's not like he's not like the twelfth best player in the league getting paid like. But he's also not the fifty-second best player in the league getting paid like like thirty-second. Is I'm he their second or third best player? I think he's the best. And here, no, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go second. I'll go. I just think his defensive ability puts him over Middleton for me. Like he's, I mean, he's not nearly the shooter Middleton is, uh, or score really. Like Middleton's really good, but I do think his, like what works with them, he, like there's no real hole in his game. That's why he works with the Bucks. Like you need him to run a little offense. He can do that. Create off the dribble a little bit so that they don't like leave Eric Bledsoe alone. He could do that. Defend up a position, down a position. He can do that. Good enough shooter. So I feel like if they're going to win, I think he needs to be their, probably their third offensive option. But I do think he's their second best player, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I've just uh, seen Chris Middleton be a demon against the Celtics and just not miss shots. And so yeah, he just refuses ghosts. to miss. And so I would pay Chris Middleton $40 million just not to play the Celtics. But mm. I think the question, like, 
you're right. He had him by the he had him by the balls. Like there was no he had basically Drew Holiday got to submit what his contract was, and mm-hmm. the owners of the Bucks had to sign on the dotted line. I think it makes sense for this year. It makes sense for next year. But are you going to be wanting to pay? What is he going to be? He's 31 now. 30, 31, I think. Yeah. Are you going to pay a 33 or 34, 35 year old Drew Holiday $40 million a year? It, it really just locks you into Giannis Holiday Middleton for the next four years, which I think it puts you in probably like a solid, uh, solid ground. But there's only so far you're going to fall if those guys are like healthy enough. That's the thing, though, is that like guards over the age of 30, I can't tell if I just have Kemba Walker scars, but like the Celtics are paying Kemba $30 million over the next two and a half seasons. And it feels like they need to get off that deal if they want to like revamp the roster. If the Bucs are in it, like do do the Bucs, are you confident in the Bucs with those three guys being able to go up and like beat the Nets in a series? I think they. I said Philly for a while. I think the Bucs have the best chance just because they have those. Like you put like Giannis on Durant, hope for the best. I think you probably tell probably Drew on Harden. I feel like it'd probably be the better match. And just tell Middleton, DiVincenzo, every hey, just do your best on Kyrie, right? Like just just try real hard. Like move your feet and try not to foul all that. But I I think it's more the guys around like the that's a solid ass three. Like you can mix and match, like shift them up a position, down a position. But are the guys around them still gonna be like Brooke Lopez and Pat Connaughton? Because that's the part I don't really. Pat Connaughton plays way too many minutes for my liking. Whole uh, lot. Bobby Poor just play a lot of minutes for that team. Like PJ Tucker was having like the worst year, like literally in the league, and they were like, he might be the answer for their closing lineup. It's like maybe, maybe so, but. I don't know. It's the other two that I worry about because I, I've seen Brook Lopez trick people enough that in the playoffs I'm just not really concerned about him. They're just gonna leave him. You want to shoot threes, Brook Lopez? Go for it. You're not gonna hit them all. You're not gonna take that many. You're Brook Lopez. So, PJ hmm. Tucker's only played three games since being traded, and I think he got hurt he, again. He did. Like, was he doing the old rope-a-dope to get out of Houston, or is he actually hurt? Like, is he in your closing lineup if you're the Bucks? If you you have the top three, who are your other two guys that you're, like, against the Nets? I feel like it has to be P.J. Tucker. I would say my main man, Jeff Teague. Listen, if it's Jeff Teague, they're fucked. Um, <laughs> Jeff Teague was in a renaissance. Bat. He, he, was, well, he had a couple, three hot games in the Celtics before he got traded. It's a shame. <laughs> Number 98, uh, Jeff Teague. <laughs> I would go like because again, in theory, like Tucker can hit a corner three on offense. He can defend bigs or some bigs and move his feet more than Lopez. The fifth one, I don't know, man. Like, because if you're going, like, you're just hoping for, like, I'm hoping you get a good Dante game or a good Connaughton game or a good Portis game. Like, that's where. I don't know, and we we see time and time again in the playoffs. You like you are as strong as your weakest link because they will find that and pick it to death. They will pick that scab like to death. If it's gonna be Connaughton, they're gonna go with him, make him move his feet. If it's gonna be Brook Lopez, they're gonna bring him out to the perimeter. Like they will. That I wor- That's what I worry about. 
with the Bucks, and they're like I think they've got the best. You got the standing still put up because I think they've got the best differential in the East or close. So it's like the games they're winning, they're dominating too. And I still don't. I'm not ready to put them in tricky out category, Utah. But let's see. Fox got the third. Yeah, best best in the Eastern Conference, though. And I don't I just don't know about Philly. I would have had Philly forever, but I I don't know. Ben Simmons is I don't know if he's hurt. He just I don't know. He goes he just goes too hot and cold for me, like offensively. He's had like believe. three different seasons at this point. He started out and yeah. everyone wanted to trade him for Harden. Then he had amazing month stretch. And like the last six weeks, he's been just bad. Yeah. And it, that doesn't seem good if you uh, want to be a contender, having your second best player be bad. Well, and that's the whole, it's like, okay, can he do this in the play? Like, cause it, you got to do it four straight rounds to tr- like do what they're trying to. And over that, you're probably going to get some good, some bad, some incredible Simmons. You have one where he's, Getting out in transition, scoring like 20 a game, locking up, grabbing rebounds, and you'll probably have some where he like disappears. That's I'll say for the Milwaukee's three, I think I can trust them not to disappear. Like I feel like I know what I'm getting from each of those guys. You would like Giannis to be, I guess, a better shot creator down the stretch. But I, that feels like Middleton's role to me. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing if you just give it to Middleton and you know, like, hey, get like create a shot. It doesn't have to be he's our best player still, but there's no reason for him to be taking like three pointers with the game on the line. Like we have different they, options for that. They basically just the whole offense they had last year in the playoffs was let's give it to Giannis at the top of the key and just let's see what he can do against Bam. Yeah, let's hope for the best. Out. It didn't no, work out. And so no. if you kind of start offense, maybe Giannis sets a pick. Maybe Giannis uh, catches the ball on the block. I think like adding Holiday as just a ball handler and Middleton as the primary playmaker down the clutch or down the stretch makes them more dynamic of a team. Mm. Um, I think the thing that's interesting to me about Philly is that if you play just because they have Embiid, do you force the Nets to play Nick Claxton or Mm. DeAndre Jordan or LaMarcus Aldridge? Like, I think the Nets are going to be at their strongest when they basically with a KD at five uh, style lineup, but you can, you really get away with that going up against Joel Embiid for 35 38 minutes a game i i think you can for a couple one because of like he's gonna have to do that again every game for every series and we've seen if he sits down for like two minutes it can all just fall apart for philly so if he's playing 38 minutes a game that's 10 minutes he's not playing and the nets can absolutely go like plus 50 like in those 10 minutes so if it's like okay we just when he's in there we just I would sacrifice like Jeff Green to him. Like he's going to score 40, but he's not going to score as a team. The Nets are going to score like 120. He's not going to score that. Right. Like if we don't, we don't even have a man. DeAndre, I guess, is the closest like body size, but MB has no trouble with him. I think all, I think I feel like Aldridge kind of got a little underrated as a defender. Like if you let him, def- I feel like he's a smart defender, not necessarily like he's not going to be blocking shots or. Still on the ball, but he's he don't fine have, on the low block. I don't. Yeah, like he's he's can't he just, move on the perimeter, yeah, but yeah, but I that's what you got Claxton for. Like I wouldn't. I feel like Embiid would foul out Claxton in like five minutes. That's not what I want. I would want him going like, yeah, listen, we're gonna because we're gonna make him work at the other end. So when he sits, 
those are the minutes we need. To, that's when Katie's playing the five. I wouldn't want to want Katie Garden and beat at all uh, under any circumstance. Assuming he comes back, assuming his hamstring is just still attached. Well, he's supposed to be back tonight against my Celtics, and oh, that's uh, forty-five in the bag. Then, I mean, uh, pretty much, he's dominated the Celtics this year. I've watched Joel Embiid just absolutely destroy the Celtics, and it makes me think that it actually makes me think less of him how good he is because mm. it's like if you are able to be this good there's no reason you should ever lose a basketball game and the fact that he's lost in the past is uh on him and his conditioning and his character because he's unstoppable when he's like in shape and playing his best basketball there's just no person in the game who can really slow him down and he i it just we have not seen him do it in the playoffs his conditioning has always been a thing and is just not there, but he should be able to just dominate. And it's just never like really, he's never been able to put it together. Give me, uh, give me the uh, Eastern standings. If you, I want to see those playoff matchups. Cause I'm praying. Eastern standings I, are insane right now. These are going to change. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they change about a minute. Like you win one game, you're the two seed. And if you lose a game, you're out of the playoffs. Four through nine are separated right now by three games. And right now the Atlanta Hawks and heat, are tied at, for the fourth seed. Mm. Then the Hornets, the 25 and 25 Boston Celtics, Ugh. the Knicks, Pacers, and then the Bulls would be the 10th seed uh, right now in the playing game. Yeah, that's ugly. So what? who's the one seed right now, Philly or Brooklyn? Brooklyn is up by a half game. Gotcha. So yes, if, when yeah. the 76ers give the Celtics the business tonight, they'll be yes. – uh, tied. That's a serious. I want. I want to see MB versus Celtics again. Like I know y'all whooped him last year. He ain't had no teammates. I. I think he would. I just want to see how long it would take him to like put Mo Wagner physically through. The <laughs> I don't think it would take that long. I, I hope. Really, I, no. The, the answer is Luke Cornett. I mean, when anytime you can mm-hmm. get a seven footer from Vanderbilt who looks like a oddly shaped gazelle out there against mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, I think. He's going to cause some problems. I mean, he can stretch the floor. I'm big on the Luke Cornett train. Uh, that's the problem. That's why you're 500. <laughs> that the, that the fact that a Luke Cornett train exists. But I don't know. I, yeah, I was going to talk a little about the. That's just, I don't know. It's too close. I'll wait for. Well, I my some, question some for more you stuff to is, shake out there. Hit me. Does it even matter? Like, there's Nets, Sixers, and Bucks. Do any other teams think can beat those three teams like i think i'm a homer i'm a celtics fan so i think Mm. if they put it together they haven't put it together the entire season but if they put it together they have a chance and then i think the heat also are on the if they put it together can make a run but beyond that i have no faith in the hornets the knicks the pacers to do anything like there's the hawks the hawks aren't good hey 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 hey. nah we're good I think the Heat, I, like if the Heat get the Bucks, like the Heat didn't do anything out of the ordinary. Like, like they didn't hit 50% of their threes or whatever. And like they had, they just, Bam's just a good matchup for Giannis. If they get anything from Oladipo, I know it's been a, a slow start, but if they can get anything from him, the Heat working their way into that, that top four, like I could see them giving the Bucks another series, but it does feel like Brooklyn, Philly are comfortably the two best teams. Like that's the, that's the conference finals. I want, uh, I mean, I, no, I wanted, I was gonna say I wanted it at any point, but now I want it to be conference finals. 
Well, it makes but, that one seed much more important because then if there's a clearly three teams, if you're that one, you get mm. to play whatever the garbage, the four seed is and right. avoid that elite team until at least the conference finals. And so at least the teams will be continue to play. The thing that's crazy about the Nets is they can just have Kevin Durant miss three weeks of basketball mm-hmm. and uh, just not miss a beat whatsoever. Yeah, it's, I don't. I feel like I've heard people saying like the I think it's hamstring now. It's like, is it worse? And it's like, ah, it really doesn't matter if he's back by the play. Like he can miss literally every single game until the play until probably even the second round. Like, is there is there a first round opponent for the Nets that you would like pick to beat them without Durant? If they were like, he's he's a couple days away. If they can if they can squeak past the Bulls, then they'll have a fully healthy Kevin Durant for the second round. So they. I feel like he's got no there, – there's zero rush there. And they're walking – they're walking to at least the conference finals. They might walk to the finals. But mm, we'll see. Not a lot of hope. Not a lot of hope in the Eastern Conference, let me tell you. No. No. I want to get to one uh, – yeah, one more thing. Then I'll get into my picks, my nightly picks to make everyone but me a little money. Uh, Sam Darnold got traded. I think they got, I won't say a haul, but Sam Donald was decidedly not good in New York. And they got three picks for him. One of them's a second round pick. Like, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about that. I do like the Panthers having a little fun. I do like the Panthers having a little fun. Uh, I just don't know. Like, Sam Donald was probably born in like the year 2000. Does he know who Hey Arnold is? No, I, yeah, like, I there's not a, it. He doesn't know Gerald. He doesn't know Stinky Peterson. He doesn't know anyone. He was never at Gerald Field, man. He was never uh, uh, with uh, Mr. Kakashka. He don't like. He he just don't know that life. He didn't count the dots on the basketball and shoot no. free throws blindfolded. No, he no. But and that's I, why he stinks as a quarterback. He wasn't good. I like. I'm fully willing to give him like the like. I think Adam Gase is maybe the worst coach I ever seen. So I'm fully willing to give him the hey. I'm not as bad as I looked. I just was coached by Adam Gase. Cool. My thing about this, I don't like the Panthers have the eighth pick in the first round. Who like who was outbidding them to get Sam Darnold in this time in between like now and the draft? Like who was gonna, like it was like oh we have to get Sam, Sam Darnold now or the Broncos were gonna okay let let them pounce like I don't I'm, I'd be fine missing out on Sam Darnold. Like if that happens like day of maybe, because they they still might. I feel like the first three picks are probably quarterbacks in some order, but four Bengals are. You have the draft order. I do. I know Bengals are no Bengals are five. Falcons are four. There we go. There we go. Falcons four. We're looking at a mock here. It's got Kyle Pitts going fourth to the Falcons. Penae Sewell fifth to the Bengals. Jamar Chase six. Justin Fields, seven, and an eight. It's got the Panthers taking Jalen Waddle. Sure. But here's – okay, yeah, Trey – I was like, so if you get there and just Trey Lance is available, it's like, well, damn, maybe we should have just drafted Trey Lance instead of trading stuff for Sam. Is Sam Donald going to be so good in these next two years? Because he's got two years left on the rookie deal. They already picked up his fifth-year option. Like the point of getting a good quarterback young, like is that they're cheap. He is young. We don't know if he's good. And now he's not that cheap. Like he's last, I think it's gonna be like two years for 24, 25 mil, because that last the last fifth year is like 19, 20 million. Like it's a it's a it's a whopper of an option. 
He but, gets that just for being the number two pick? Yeah. That's wild. I'm telling you, you go first round, you're pretty much, if you get to the fifth year, you're set. Because the fifth year, I think it's the, it's like the average of, I don't like the top 10 guys at that position. Like, it, they they set you up to be nine. If you get to that fifth year option, then you're, you're set. And also, if I trade for him, I don't know what my incentive, like, can I see him play like one year first? I mean, I know you, you have to decide on the option immediately. So it's not like you wait it out. But I feel like I decline it. Be like, hey, but if you play well, like we we pay you $19 million. We give you money for that. I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'm I, looking just, at this I, I don't get it. NFL.com mock, and they have five quarterbacks going before the eight pick. And so maybe they're just mm. thinking like, maybe they have that, that draft intel. Like we're not going to have any of the top five quarterbacks available to us at eight. Let us at least get someone. But I don't know. I I'm sure. Who, why not? I'd like. I don't who, know. Who do they have them taking eight there? Who do they have the Panthers taking? Uh, Rashawn Slater, Slater. offensive tackle. See, my thing would be okay. But if you're the eighth pick, if you traded everything you just traded for Sam Darnold, could you not get up to four? Or five, like you know what I'm saying? If it's like okay, one is Lawrence, two is Wilson, three. Who they got going three here? Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like okay, if we can get to four, we'll have our choice of Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Like, and if I'm the Bengals, if I'm the Falcons, I trade. If I'm the Falcons, I do not draft Kyle Pitts, but I'm almost certain they're going to draft Kyle Pitts because that's what the Falcons do they don't really make good decisions it's not about kyle pitts he's fine but i was gonna say are you not a pitts believer i'm not a big college football guy so i don't know he's my thing with tight ends kyle pitts is uh, athletic freak catches the ball run all that if you're a tight end getting drafted that high i have to build my offense around you they have julio jones and calvin ridley he's not going to get an offense built around him, which is fine right you have pass catchers but if you're drafting Kyle Pitts fourth to open up the middle of the, like to catch 52 passes for it, you can you can get better value with that, or at least trade down, right? Like at least trade down, get that Panthers pick, get it, something a little extra. That's where I'm. That's where I'm off the Kyle Pitts. I'm just if you're not going to build your offense around him, you're not going to throw him 10 passes a game, right? Like uh, Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller or Kittle, Zach. Or, like if you're not throwing him that many passes, it's feels like it's not worth your while to me but i'm trying to like maybe darnold gets it right like again he just he goes from like the worst coach ever to like joe brady and uh matt rule who like feel pretty correct like i feel like they'll do scheme to the thing sam donald does well i just don't know what sam donald does well um but it's tough whether like jets are just uh, such a awful franchise where yeah you don't know you, it's hard to evaluate anyone coming out of the new york so i, I kind of because like darnold he walks in at say they start him like he'd have mccaffrey around him robbie anderson dj moore like with that eighth pick i probably just like whoever the slater or whoever the best offensive lineman is to keep those guys upright and it's like okay you can you can you can Squint your eyes and see something good. Like Bucks will be good again. Saints without Breeze, so who knows? The Falcons are the Falcons, so they're gonna stink. Panther, like if you think we've got weapons, use their last couple 
first round picks on D line, and it's like, say they just start getting to the quarterback, we got a, a solid front four. You could squint your eyes and see it. I just, I guess that's something I would have did draft day. If it's like, okay, hey, all the quarterbacks are gone. We're here at eight. We couldn't trade up. All the quarterbacks are gone. Now let's go get Sam Darnold, which still sounds wild saying out loud that that's our answer. We spent all see, all 17 weeks and going to get Sam Darnold was our answer. But I, that's how they felt. So There's just one guy in the Panthers organization who's a big Darnold believer, and he gave the presentation of a lifetime about he why must this have. was he must have had deal some to high go school. For. Yeah, like, listen, he made this throw at San Mateo, uh, a post that they still talk about in L.A. But, I mean, that's the – I don't – Donald don't seem like a bad guy or anything. Like, I think he just went to a horrible situation. So I hope it I, goes well for him. I saw some clip on Twitter or Instagram, and it was a Jets fan throwing away his Sam Darnold jerseys. He had a Sam Darnold USC jersey and then proceeded to lay one. down seven different Sam Darnold New York Jets jerseys and like each different variation that they had. And that was insane to me. The Jets it's don't even thing- have good enough jerseys for that. No, but why – if I'm buying jerseys, don't you diversify on player? Like, don't you – to go to the same player and buy seven different jerseys over the course of two seasons? It's insane. Counterpoint, when you get golden boy Sam Darnold from uh, USC, the quarterback manufacturing school, you have a chance to pair him with Adam Gase, the quarterback whisperer, the guy who got great seasons out of such quarterbacks like Peyton Manning. Maybe you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. And I think – I think he got like a non-terrible year out of Jay Cutler, but Peyton Manning. I know you maybe you've heard that name. So I can get um, octupling down, I guess, buying like eight Sam Sam Darnold jerseys, but I'm not setting them all on fire. I'll, I'll cut the grass and want like you know what I'm saying. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe he uh, set them on fire. I don't. Oh, okay. I think he just showed that he's a terrible decision maker and laid out that he had all eight of them. Um, but Is he the Jets GM? Was it Tannenbaum? Was it Mike? Tan- was it the <laughs> Jets GM been. that did that? Huh, but I mean, but best of luck to him. I don't know what this means for Teddy Bridgewater. That was another reason I thought because now they're gonna have to like trade him, but teams know they have to trade him, so they can. It could be a healthy QB competition. I mean, that's a, that's a good training camp storyline. Having two uh, two quarterbacks is always a sign for success. Uh, that's what I always say. But okay, yeah, we're pushing up on an hour. Okay, want to give a little a couple picks for the night, but first. I got to do my baby boy of the week. I'm bringing back baby boy of the week. And as I mentioned, Kentucky fan, I'm just so proud of all my baby boys in the league. Carney Towns, baby boy of the week. Last five games, he's at 28 points, 14 boards, five assists a game, less than two turnovers. They're letting him do a little more playmaking, and he's not turning the ball over. He's still getting buckets. Now, the team is two and three, like over that course, but that's a that's a big upgrade for him. Like, if you told them they could win two out of every five games, they'd be thrilled because that team's horrible. And, and two of those games were Brooklyn and Philly. Like, you don't expect them to yeah, win Yeah, like, what, what can you do? And he held his own. Like, he's been a, a positive uh, when he's on the court over those few games. So he's doing his part. I'm proud. I know you're listening, Carl. I'm proud of you. Uh, keep doing good stuff. Inaugural winner of Not Here yeah. to Argue, Baby Boy of the Week. I feel like it's that important. goes next to the – I don't know what other awards he has. Number one, do you get like a trophy for being number one? I don't know. Rookie of the year. I know he got that. So I imagine this goes next to that. 
Um, we'll but, send him a plaque. Yeah, no, we'll let him know. We'll let he can come on after that scammer Beckers comes on to defend herself. He can come <laughs> on uh, to defend to defend himself. But give you three picks each show, and I'm I'm just telling you right now, this is not a joke. Fade these picks. I am the worst. I can't say that word. I'm the worst prop player in the world. So fade all these picks. This is a game of skill, and you have very low skill. It's minimal skill. Minimal skill. So we're doing doing NBA pick'ems? I got a little MLB in there, too. I'm feeling feisty. Feeling feisty first episode. So, again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Promo code TRIO. Sign up there. Like the nightly pick'ems, like the, the payouts are based on, like, one unit, three units, six, 10, and 20. So, like, you really do only need, like, one good bet to to have a good night. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm be giving one for a three times payout, one bet for a six payout, and one bet for, like, a, a top dog bet for the, for, the, for the biggest ballers that's ready to lose a lot of money. My first one, there's three times payout. This one's NBA. Give me Kyle Kuzma over 16 and a half points versus the Raptors because they like the LA just literally has no one else to score for them. Like he, that's just by default. I feel like he can walk into 17 points. Combining that with Giannis, Giannis is playing Golden State. The bet on him is over 46 and a half points, rebounds, assists combined. And the only basis for this is that Golden State stinks. They're really bad right now. And if you remember, was it the first or second? might have been on Christmas. One of the early games, Milwaukee played Golden State. Giannis had a terrible game. That's the only other time they played Golden State. I feel like the tides have kind of turned. Like the Bucks started slow. Now they've hit their stride. Warriors started hot. Now they're skidding. I think Giannis goes off there. So I'm combining those two. Give me Kuzma over 16 and a half points versus the Raptors. Giannis over 46 and a half points versus Golden State. That's a three-time payout right there. Make you a little get you a little lunch money. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna lock it in. Lock it in. It pains me to bet over for Kyle Kuzma because the only time I've won so far is when I did a six times and Kyle Kuzma under 16 and a half points was the thing that gave me the bucket. So mm. shows you right there just to fade you immediately. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. So when we get on here. Next week and check back in. It's like I told you. Why did why did nobody believe me? I knew he would only score 16 exact points. Why didn't you believe me? That I'm the fun f- part about this is the listeners right now will know whether or not you were exactly successful. And so they can they can be laughing right now, cackling. Yeah. Like, how could he be so silly? Well, the, the thing Kyle Kuzma scores 81. Giannis <laughs> held to 14, 4, and 4. That's why I'm like, motherfucker. Um so that's one. That's that's my first pick. Second pick, a little baseball, a little America's pastime. I'm going Freddie Freeman over one and a half total bases. Like just lit- means two walks. That's nothing. One double, Fred. One. That's it. One gapper. I'm combining that with Mike Trout over one and a half base, uh, bases versus the Astros. He's no longer available for selection. What? So this happens sometimes with underdog, 
And I text, I text our main man, Nick, and I go, what's going on? He goes, the risk team doesn't feel good about it. And I don't know what that <laughs> means, but I like the phrase, the risk team. I like it. Why are we not on the risk team? It makes me think that they are, the risk team is, has it all thought out. They're, for some reason, Mike Trout, one and a half total bases, the risk team's not willing to put that out there. And so hmm. I don't know what the risk team knows, but they're on a team, they're official, and um, he's no longer available. I hate, uh, I'll say, I hate this for the listeners. I love it for me, though, because I, I locked it in a little bit earlier. Ooh. When it, yeah, so i ready for Trout to go four for four tonight. Love you, that. You snuck me. it past the risk team. Love that for me. Maybe I think that was probably the indicator. Once I picked it, the risk team was like enough, enough. Whiskers is on this. Like we, that's risky. Call it off. <laughs> Once yeah, call it, it's risky. Yeah. Six call, S. Call okay. All right. Now. Okay. Now we we just readjust. I do want to give the people. Okay. We're we're sticking with sticking with. Is Freddie off? Is Freddie too risky? He's still Freddie's there. available. Okay. Give me Juan Soto. Give me Juan Soto over one and a half bases. He draws a lot of walks and stuff. I feel like one walk, one single one. I don't feel like that's a whole lot to ask for. And I'm combining that with Dexter Fowler. Is Dexter Fowler risk adverse? I feel like he's the least risk adverse. His line is 0.5 total. I need one base from you, Dexter. Lean into one. Get hit by a pitch. I was going to say, does hit by a pitch, does wild pitch, if he scampers the first, he's a quick guy. If he strikes out and they drop it and he gets the first, does that count as a total base? I think it should. I have to run that by the risk team. Uh, risk team will let us know. They'll get back to us on that. But okay, yeah, that's yeah. Freeman, Juan So Juan, Mike Trout, Soto, and Dexter Fowler locking in those overs. That's for a, a six-time payout. And now for the 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 granddaddy of them all, the ten times payout. I got to work my way up to twenty, man. I don't even. I'm scared. I'm scared. Twenty's wild. Twenty. Twenty is reckless. It's. The risk I mean, team, if, the risk team would not advise doing a twenty. That's what I'm saying. If I hit the right twenty times bet, there just might not be a podcast anymore. I just retire. Like, you bought so, the company. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I am Mister Underdog, is what they say. But four times, give me Steph, uh, Seth, Seth, Seth Curry, over ten and a half points versus Boston. I just feel like Boston's not very good. That's four three. He could do that in a quarter. Like, give me Jalen Brown over 23 and a half points. I feel like he plays them. I'm sure that's statistically not correct. Just in my mind, I feel like he plays them well. Maybe you can confirm. Does he play the uh, Philly well? I can't say. No, normally Tatum's the guy who goes off against the Sixers, but he's Evan- Tatum's the one that bites me on these pickums. He's the, that's the whole reason I didn't pick him. <laughs> He's Every not on the board. Time. The risk team did not like Jason Tatum. Jalen ah, Brown's the only Celtic on the board today. You snakes on the risk <laughs> team. Uh, okay, so give me over there. And I'm combining it with a little baseball. Give me Ooh, I didn't know you could go cross sport. Oh, yes. Ooh, I like oh, that. Oh, yes. Give me Max Scherzer. Is he still on the list? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like over eight and a half strikeouts just because I know Max Scherzer's good. He got two different color eyes. A lot of people don't know that. Um, give me the over on that. And Anthony Rendon over one and a half bases. I just feel like people are going to beat up on Houston. Like it's fans in the stands to yell at them now. The teams are playing like the cheater songs when they come up to bat. I'll probably pick against Houston a lot. And so that's my 
Yeah, that's the 10-time payout. I got a lot of overs. It's just – I think you went over on every single pick you went. You're an optimistic fellow, right? I'm a, it's just more like – you got to think, like, do you want to watch a game and be like, I'm rooting for Seth Curry to not score points? I don't want to be that kind of guy. You know, I, I mean, did I, watch a game rooting for Kyle Kuzma. I stayed up and watched an entire game on West Coast time just waiting for Kyle Kuzma not to score 17 points, and he didn't. And each missed Kyle <laughs> Kuzma shot was uh, fantastic, so – Maybe okay, I'm more I'll, negative than you are. Maybe so. That's that's pretty hard to do. Uh, I'll go. Maybe next week I'll pick some Donovan Mitchell stinking it up uh, bets. But those are my three for now. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to keep tally of these. Um, I think I'm gonna go over three. I'm just. I just. I just got that feeling. I think I'm gonna go over three. But we'll see. We will see. That will do it for the first. Not here to argue. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you are trying to, again, I'm begging you to fade these picks. I am liter- I'm literally begging you to fade these picks. Underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code TRILL, T-R-I-L-L. Again, that lets me know directly when you win off my faded picks. Thank you to Jam. Thank you to Underdog. And we will catch you next Wednesday.